You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and what a horrible human being he ended up being. Yeah. Just awful. Real, real upsetting. <laughs> real upsetting. Uh, yeah. It is really upsetting. Yeah. We're not going to talk about Ben Sprecher no, anymore. No. Sprecher. We're, I think it was Sprecher. Sprecher. Ben Sprecher. Pedophile. The only people whose side we're still on are the poor actors yes. whose lives were affected by that travesty. Right. That's the only people we care about anymore because <laughs> everyone else is garbage. Yep. They are. They're all garbage yeah, people. All garbage. The only good people were the actors. Yep. The only side we're on. I'm sure maybe there were another, you know, like any of the creatives that weren't like a part of the production side. Right. Right. Like stage managers right. who lost their jobs. Yeah. Lighting designers Costumes. who lost their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. All those people were on your side, but Ben and his, those, the publicists, all those guys are garbage. Uh, what was his name again? I don't even remember. Michael, Mark, I don't know, terrible Mark. person. Mark, Mark something. something. Ew. Horrible. <sighs> I don't like good. them. Nope. <laughs> it's so easy to judge when we're not there. But, but I can he's judge. a pedophile. This I can judge, exactly. He's, he's getting hashtag, all of my judgment. Hashtag me too. Yes. <laughs> Uh-uh. <clears throat> so today's episode <laughs> is the Pirate Queen. Oh, you guys. I don't know what this is about. It looks It's not it's crazy. not weird. It's not weird like you think it is. It's okay because it looks weird. It's a normal the, I mean it's kind of one of the more normal episodes that we've done in regards to like why it didn't succeed. But like the show looks weird. The logo is very misleading. Okay. So what's it about? Well, let me get into that. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> the Pirate Queen is a musical. <laughs> I thought I'd just leave you a hanging musical, there. A musical, a musical, a <laughs> musical. <laughs> this is kind of, I mean, I guess this is the weird part because we've got all of these people that have backed it, right? Yeah. So you've got music by Claude Michel Schoenberg, French lyrics by Alan Boublil. Wait. Who wrote? Right, Claude Michel. Uh huh. Can you the pull it out? Les Mis. Yes. Okay. Les Mis, Miss Saigon, Martin Gare. Okay. Most recently, Marguerite. Although that was about ten years ago. Oh. So, like, yeah, these are heavy hitters, right? Right. They wrote all the French sides. The English lyric adaptations were done by Richard Mulvey Jr. Oh. Tell me who. Uh, Annie. <laughs> no. no. Uh, baby. Uh, starting here, starting now. Bye, bye, big. Bye. There were the lyrics big. for Big. He okay. also co-wrote "Song and Dance" by by oh. Andrew Lloyd Webber, and wrote the lyric, co-wrote the lyrics for Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. Okay. And then also the English lyrics were done by uh, John Dempsey, who I didn't recognize his name right away, but he did "Zombie Prom," "The Fix," "Witches of Eastwick," and he oh, also Eastwick. co-wrote the lyrics for the musical adaptation of the movie "Saved," which was done with Michael Friedman. Okay. Who did Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson right. and just recently passed. Right. Right. They keep talking about saved coming and it's yeah. just like. I know. It keeps on being It's It's like back. a funny girl. Both of them are just yes. like in this weird ether <laughs> place that like hasn't yes. come to fruition yet. Also Diner is in there. Yes. This, the Cheryl Crow thing. It's I just like in the just, weird ether. I almost wonder if they're afraid of making a bad timing choice. Yeah. For fear that it won't, you know, stay. Right. It's weird. I don't know. But anyway, so those are all these heavy hitters behind yeah. this, uh, adapt or not adaptation, but th behind this book. Um, 
it's based on a novel called Grania Colon, She King of the Irish Seas by Morgan Llewellyn. The Pirate Queen marks the first time that Bubliel and Schoenberg have created a musical with American collaborators. It's based on the life and adventures of the 16th century Irish chieftain and pirate Grania O'Malley, a.k.a. Grace O'Malley, which you might recognize. No? Grace O'Malley was like the only female pirate or like the most famous female oh. pirate. I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, huh. get, in, I'll okay. get into that a little more. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, who was one of the last Irish clan leaders to resist the English conquest of Gaelic Ireland. So, to tell you a little bit about Grace O'Malley, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> I wrote that. This, I wrote this whole paragraph. I'm very proud of it. So I'm just going to read it with my own lilts. Grace O'Malley is pretty awesome because in the late 1500s, she held lordship over the land she inherited after her father died, even though she had a brother. She <laughs> held her own against any attacks on her home by patrolling the sea surrounding it. During the Nine Years' War, which was a war between the Irish Alliance and England, basically, she fought for the Alliance, and so she was targeted. Her sons and half-brother were taken prisoner by Sir Richard Bellum from England, given title as governor, but Irish people were like, nah. <laughs> governor. So Grace went to England and talked to Queen Elizabeth I herself to get them released. It is said that she had a dagger on her, but when the guards found it, she claimed it was just for her own protection. Anyway, <laughs> she and the queen um, agreed on a few things, mainly that her boys would be released and that Richard Bellum would be removed from Ireland and Grace would end her support of the Irish alliance. However, even though Bellum was removed, very shortly thereafter, he came back so Grace was like, no, and she went back to fighting in the Nine Years' War, which ended in 1603, which happened to be the same year that Grace died. Coincidence? I don't I know. I think not. I don't know. Oh. I don't actually know. <laughs> it just seemed a little fishy. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the musical. <laughs> After a Chicago tryout in 2006, the musical opened on Broadway on April 5th of 2007 and closed on June 17th of 2007. Goodness. This was 85 performances and 32 previews. Okay. And, and then they also had the Chicago tryout. Okay. The cast featured Stephanie J. Block as Grace O'Malley, Hadley Frazier as Tiernan. Stephanie. Linda Balgord was uh, nominated for a Drama Desk Award for her performance as Queen Elizabeth I. And the show received... Uh, oh, well, I don't want to say that. I Did didn't Stephanie mean to get no nomination? She was nominated for a Drama Desk and I believe an Outer Critics Circle no Award. No Tony. No Tony. Nothing, nothing in this show was nominated for Tonys. I know. Which I actually I was surprised because... I get upset because Stephanie, Well, the I costumes were amazing. Okay, so I watched this. There's <laughs> the full show. The full version of this show is available on YouTube right now. And I watched it this morning. Today. It's just over two hours. It's not that bad. And it's um, it's a little wobbly in some places, but nothing to make me sick. Okay. So I think you'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, so, and like costumes and I think lighting maybe came up for nominations, both also for Drama Desk Awards, mm -hmm. but nothing won. Every, it was just nominated, but nothing actually won. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you the synopsis. Okay. But please be aware that this is a very long-winded synopsis that okay. I found on Wikipedia. And in fact, Wikipedia has a little banner on the top of this that says... Feel free to edit this. It seems a little long. Oh, dear. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but there wasn't really anything that I felt like I could leave out. Okay. So I'll just I'll talk fast, which I normally do anyway. Mm -hmm. Act one. <laughs> the musical is set in 16th century Ireland, which is the 1500s. I always have to say that to myself. I know. <laughs> I know because you think it's the 1600s, yeah, but no. then you're like, no, it's, it's like the century before. Yeah. <laughs> um. A wild country ruled by feuding clans. Most clans are landed, but some, such as Clan O'Malley, are seafarers. Because King Henry VIII of England decided to annex Ireland, Clan O'Malley begins to attack English treasure ships coming from China, India, and the West Indies in retribution. At the start of the musical, Clan O'Malley is christening a new ship. Grace, or Grania O'Malley, the 18-year-old daughter and only child of, and I think that this is pronounced Dubara, but it's all Gaelic, so you never know how that is pronounced, mm -hmm. ever. 
because it's like all of these vowels are not even, not even vowels. They're just all consonants. Anyway, so I'm just going to say Dudara. Or did I say Dubara? Dubdara. I'm going to call him Dubdara. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's the chieftain of the O'Malley clan. She sneaks aboard the ship with Tiernan, a sailor, and her childhood sweetheart, uh, Tiernan, pursuing her in a game of hide-and-seek, finds her and they engage in a serious sword fight, something which has turned Grace into a skilled fighter over the years. That's important for later. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. Lost my place? I'm on my phone. I couldn't, my iPad didn't charge, so I've got very small writing. Bear with me. <laughs> and I like to like look at you while I'm talking, so I lose my place. <laughs> it's cool. This is how it works. <laughs> um, all right. They are interrupted when the whole clan O'Malley arrives. Evelyn, an old woman who is the spiritual voice of the clan, gives Dubdara a goblet of whiskey, which he spills on the figurehead, naming the ship the Pirate Queen. Grace confesses to her father that she wants to be a sailor, but Dubdara tells her it is impossible. A woman would disrupt the male crew, and there are superstitions that a woman on a ship brings bad luck. He orders Grace to leave the ship with the other women. Grace expresses her frustration to Tiernan. Instead of going ashore, Grace disguises herself as a cabin boy and stows away. The pirate queen is barely out to sea when a terrifying storm comes up. A spar breaks and the mainsail cannot be brought down. A young sailor is needed to climb the rigging and cut the sail free. Guess who volunteers? That's right, Grace. The sailors cheer the boy's bravery but are shocked to learn her identity. Dubdara is furious, but appreciates Grace's heroism, so he allows her to join the ship's crew. Since her mother's death, Grace has been Dubdara's only family. Though he loves her deeply, he realizes that he barely knows the passionate woman. He realizes, oh, whoops, I just read that. <laughs> he realizes that he knows, he barely knows the passionate woman that she has grown up to be. And uh, Tiernan is overjoyed that the woman he loves will be allowed to stay on the ship. Although their relationship must be kept secret, they swear themselves to each other in a kind of marriage ceremony. It's real cute. <laughs> the Pirate Queen plans to intercept and sack English treasure ships, but instead, in a deep fog, the ship is attacked by a huge English warship. In the ensuing battle, Dubdara is wounded and Grace instinctively takes charge. Though outnumbered, they manage to defeat the English soldiers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so right. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> They manage to defeat the English soldiers and sink the warship. Seeing what his daughter has done, Dubdara decides... I don't think that's how it's pronounced, so every time I say it, I'm just going to giggle a little. <laughs> he decides to train her to be the sea captain like himself against all tradition. In 1558, Henry VIII's successor, Mary Tudor, dies suddenly, and Elizabeth I ascends to the throne. Elizabeth knows that a young woman like herself will not be taken seriously as a monarch, and so, on her first day as queen, she resolves never to let anyone see her as a female. She resolves to be the virgin queen, a monarch untouched by the taint of the flesh, and forbids her maidservants to gaze upon her unless she is clothed in her royal guise. Elizabeth summons her court and shows her condescending ministers how forceful she intends to be as queen. The only disruption in her empire, according to the royal advisor Sir Richard, is rebellion in Ireland, a land her father failed to conquer completely. Not only that, but the English fleet is beset by a ferocious female sea captain named Grace O'Malley. Elizabeth rescinds Bingham's royal commission to Asia and instead names him Lord Governor of Ireland, <laughs> with instructions to quell the Irish rebellion and kill Grace. Back in Ireland, the increased aggression from English forces, oh, England, forces the Irish clans to take drastic measures. Dubdara summons the chieftain to, of his clan's ancient rival, the clan O'Flaherty, to a meeting in which he proposes that they work together. The O'Flaherty chieftain is skeptical and suggests that they arrange a marriage between Grace and O'Flaherty's son, Donal. When the marriage produces a son, the clans will be united. Grace is horrified since she loves Tiernan, yet she knows the necessity for such a political act and agrees. The night before the wedding at a, at a tavern, or Shabin is what they call it here, but it's a tavern. Donald is mocked by his friends and barmaids about his impending marriage to a woman famous as a murdering pirate who gives orders to men. Donald vows that he will tame his pirate queen. The wedding is presided over by Evelyn and the two clan leaders. Tiernan watches as the wedding party leaves to take Grace and Donald from the O'Malley home in Clue Bay to Rockfleet, the seat of the O'Flaherty clan. 
Tiernan is devastated, yet something tells him that this is not the end and that Grace will need him someday. His love for her is so great, he decides to stay near her. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is terribly written. Yeah. But it gets all the points across. <laughs> Grace's marriage to Donal, a drinker and a womanizer, proves to be difficult. Particularly so when word comes that English troops have landed at Belclair, a town halfway between Rockfleet and Clue Bay. The O'Malley and O'Flaherty clans decide to attack the English from both sides. Grace wants to join the fight, but Donal tells her to stay behind with the other women. Grace is furious, but the women in town suddenly cry that the English army has landed. The landing at Belclair was a diversion. The real target was Grace herself. With the town deserted except for the helpless females, quote-unquote, Grace mobilizes the women. They pretend to be yokels and seduce Bingham and his soldiers, killing them when they're most vulnerable. Grace spares only Bingham, telling him to return to England and tell his queen that he was bested by a woman. Ah. Biggest insult. Love it. <laughs> because of this victory, Grace becomes the acknowledged leader of the O'Flaherty women, something that disrupts Donald's position in the clan. Simultaneously, Tiernan arrives with news that a skirmish with the English has left Dubdara mortally wounded. That's her father, remember. Oh, okay. Dubdara. Dubdara. her father. <laughs> uh, so Grace races off to Clue Bay, and Clan O'Flaherty goes with her much to the chagrin of Donald because he thought he was in charge. No, no. Grace is now. Donald expects that if Dubdara dies, his marriage to Grace will make him the chieftain of both clans, but Dubdara passes the chieftain's ring and mantle to Grace, making her the first woman ever to become a leader of a clan. Dubdara dies. The clan gives him a sailor's funeral in a flaming boat set out to sea. End of Act 1. Curtain. Good grief. I know that was a were, lot of information. Were you able to like, did they stage the boat going yeah. out? To, that, that was really cool. That sound that. Cause I think of first night mm -hmm. when they do that to Sean Connery, yeah. King Arthur at yeah. the end. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's staged. Right. Right. But still, so they've got the boat and the pyrotechnics on the side of the boat. So, so you neat. see the fire, you see all of everyone's lanterns. Stephanie J block lights a candle from the, from the boat and it kind of sails upstage That's and then cool. disappears. I'm not sure. I think it just disappears. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we see like, I don't think they had like the technology to do anything on the scrim at that point. So mm -hmm. I think it was just like a picture of the stars. Um, and then the boat just kind of sails off upstage, cool. but it was really pretty. That was a lot of information. Mm -hmm. And in watching it, there is a lot of information in act mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Not that isn't well, um, well described you you get all of it mm -hmm. uh even without reading the synopsis beforehand i will say though that there may have been too much it sounds like it's, <laughs> it's, a little, it's yeah a lot. it's just it's so packed mm -hmm. that it's almost difficult to follow which storyline you care about the most mm -hmm. act two. Oh goodness i know <laughs> slightly smaller <laughs> Grace, once again captain of the Pirate Queen, gives birth aboard the ship. This is the opening scene of Act 2. She is, we see her back. She's giving birth actively. Oh, wow. And then the scene cuts to everyone else on the ship waiting to hear the baby's cries. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Did um, we know she was pregnant? No. Okay. No, I mean, they had just been married at the right. end of Act One. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, they had been married for a while at the end of Act One. So, I mean, this wasn't beyond the realms of, of potential because right. obviously that was the plan. Right. These two clans have to be united. And the only way to do that is to have an heir. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, um, she's giving birth. Donald's waiting to hear about the birth of the son who will be the heir of both clans and thus give Donald power again. The Pirate Queen is once again attacked by the English. Grace overhears Donald plead to Tiernan, plead to Tiernan that the Irish surrender. So I'm just going to describe it because it, it's not good reading this. It's hard to understand when you're reading this. Mm -hmm. So basically, okay, Grace is underneath. She's downstairs underneath the ship where she can safely give birth to her new son. Mm -hmm. uh, she's hearing now fighting. They're hearing cannons go off. They're hearing men on, on top of them fighting with swords clanging. So she is able to get up enough to hear her husband say to her, the man that she loves, we just need to surrender. They're going to kill us all. Surrender. Surrender the ship. Tiernan, of course, is not going to do that because he's not 
a coward mm -hmm. like Donal is, she, Grace, makes her way after just having given birth, makes her way up, grabs a sword, saves Tiernan by stabbing another soldier or sailor, and kind of wins the day for the ship. Then she's like, basically, Donald, you're a coward. I cannot believe that you would have surrendered our entire ship because you didn't think you wanted to fight. That's dumb. Uh, and how dare you, especially since I'm down there with our new child. Mm -hmm. Are you going to just surrender us too? Mm -hmm. Stupid. So there's this law. When you first get married within the clans, it's only permanent after three years. So anybody, anybody, any party has the ability to say, I'm going to dismiss you before that three-year mark. Oh, my goodness. So it's before the three-year mark, and Grace is like, screw you, Donald. I dismiss you. You're no longer my husband. Get out of here. And because all of Clan O'Flaherty and all of Clan O'Malley basically follow her, she is their leader, mm -hmm. they back her up and, like, send him on his way. So what does that mean? He has to walk the plank? No, it just means he has to get out of there. I don't know. That doesn't, now that I'm thinking about it, they are on sea, so maybe right. he had to swim back. I don't know. Maybe they gave him a little boat. Let's <laughs> say they were charitable enough. Or maybe they said, okay, just wait downstairs until we dock and then get out. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. So, um, so that's basically, that's the gist of it. That's distilled version. Uh, now, so he leaves and, and that leaves Grace and Tiernan to be together. Mm -hmm. Uh, in England, Elizabeth faces a complex dilemma as queen. Her most important obligation is to take a consort and produce a child who will be the heir. Many ambitious men in England imagine themselves rising to power by marrying Elizabeth, especially Sir Richard Bang Bingham, who suggests that the man who delivers Ireland into her hands will be the best candidate. Bingham is confident for Donald O'Flaherty. He has decided to betray Grace. This is why this, that's important that they sent him on his way without killing him. Mm -hmm. He should have just slid his throat. I'm sorry, that's terrible, but it's true. Yeah. So Donald goes behind everyone's back to Sir Bingham, says, I can get you in there. Um, fast forward a little bit back to Ireland. Uh, they are doing a, not a confirmation. Let me find it in here because it's christening. <laughs> it was slightly different. Mm -hmm. They're doing the christening for Owen, who is the son. Um, Donald arrives at the christening of his son and acts like a penitent father, saying, I'm sorry that I let my own feelings for power, my own wants for power get, get above my own child, but please allow me to stand next to my son at his christening, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Well, Grace is finally like, okay, sure, you know, we're not married anymore, but yes, you can be his father or stand here as his father. And as soon as he enters the fray, so does the entire English army. They take Grace's prisoner and basically are just killing left and right um, and basically killing all, most of the O'Malley clan. It doesn't say anything about the O'Flaherty clan, so I think it was just the O'Malley clan. Uh, but before Donald is able to get away, he and Tiernan have a little sword fight. Tiernan kills Donald, thank goodness, and mm -hmm. that got a huge response from the audience, <laughs> <laughs> and saves the baby and takes him, presumably, to raise him yeah. for, in, in Grace's stead, because Grace is now going to England to be a prisoner. Okay. This is where the show kind of takes a weird uh -oh. turn, because we've just seen this scene. This is second act trouble. I know. It, yes. We've just seen this scene, and now it's, it goes back to Queen Elizabeth I's chamber, but it's Sir Richard Bingham that we're seeing. And he's, <laughs> he basically says, I don't know the exact words, but his basic, basic wording is, now that Grace has been in prison for the last seven years, shouldn't we, you know, and so that is how we are told now that Grace has been in prison for seven years and that Ireland has, has been taken over by the English. All of the chieftains are here to relinquish their crowns and basically be killed. Ireland is, is now part of England. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. <laughs> um, but it's just a weird transition. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to tell you what happens. Okay, I'm do not going to read this anymore. Yeah. I, hope I, I hope I remember everything. So 
he does that. He's t- he's saying, yeah, we've we've got everything taken care of. I did it for you. Ha ha. You know, I'm this wonderful, confident man. All of the chieftains show up and they're in line basically to, to be executed. Tiernan then shows up at the end of the line. Sir Bingham's like, where's your crown? He's like, I don't have a crown, but I'm here to address the queen. Well, nobody addresses the queen. But the queen is like standing up in the balcony watching mm-hmm. the whole thing. So Tiernan's like, fine, I'll address you. And he's like, he sings a song that says, basically, I'm, I should, I want to surrender myself in place of Grace O'Malley, let her go and be a mother to her son who hasn't ever seen her in the last seven years. She deserves it. I'll, I'll gladly die for her, blah, blah, blah. The queen then comes to the, the decision that she's going to allow Grace to leave. I know that's cute. Little doggy action. That was adorable. (laughs) Uh, the queen decides to let Grace go and take Tiernan instead so that Grace can go. But she's, she's struck by the love that this man has for this woman and, and wonders if it will ever happen for her, basically. Well, Queen Elizabeth does. Elizabeth I, yes. So Grace goes back, meets her son. It's adorable. But she's also surrounded by all of these clan members who are like, I thought we were going to fight. What is this about? Where were you? I thought, you know, this surrender should have been a good thing, blah, blah, blah. But Grace is like, listen, y'all, I love you and I love Ireland, but I love me some Tiernan and I am going to go back and get him. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to talk to that woman as a woman, not as the queen, even though she claims to be my queen. I'm going to talk to her and get my man back. So she goes on the, so they fix up the pirate queen, which has been destroyed at this point by the English Armada fixes it back up, goes back to England. And I'm assuming it's like a short trip because England and Ireland are basically attached. Right. Goes back to England, gets to the, gets to the Queen Elizabeth. I don't know how she does it, but she's there. She gets in, she gets to talk to her and the queen is livid. She's like, how dare you come back? I let you go to be with your son. And now here you are flaunting it in my face that you're back here now. What is this? Again, a little weak. Okay, so... You know, they kind of spar a little bit. And then at one point, Grace is like, listen, you won. You've got Ireland. Right. But now we're all dying. We're all starving to death. Mm. So I just got back to my people. And I just got back to my seven-year-old son that I haven't seen since he was a baby. And he, he can't survive much longer because you've taken all of our crops. And you've ruined uh, all of our lives, all of our, our livelihoods and, and all of that. So then... The queen is like, oh, and Grace is like, and your soldiers are like raping and killing all of our women. And that, she goes, and that is something that I will never forgive or something like that. Mm-hmm. was like, that's the biggest atrocity of all. And so the queen is like, you're right. That's terrible. Sir Bingham, what do you say about that? And Sir Bingham's like, listen, we won the war. I was in there for, in Ireland for seven years in that horrible place. I won this for you. I handed it over, hook, line, and sinker. When are we going to have sex? And she's like, never, because you're a horrible human being. And he's like, but I gave you my whole life. And she's like, I'm your queen. You're supposed to. So she then sends him on his way. like to Queen prison, Elizabeth maybe? does? Yeah. Queen Elizabeth is like, screw you, Richard. Get out of here. But I think like to a, a not so great place, not just getting to swim home, but like right. prison or maybe even death. I don't know. It, it wasn't clear. But anyway, so then the queen is like, listen, let's go get some seats. We're going to have a, have a little talk. So, so the two ladies are so sitting. So the two ladies, yes. And this is all happening behind a scrim. There, this is historically accurate that Queen Elizabeth and Grace O'Malley had a meeting. Mm-hmm. But nobody knows what was said because it was behind closed doors. It's like the nobody room where it there. happened. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the meeting, that was when, you know, Grace got to go back. She had her lands, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But nobody knows actually what happened in the room. So... this is all done behind a scrim. You see the shadows of the queen and of Grace O'Malley and they're talking and using their hands a lot because it's all shadow. Um, And then the scrim goes away and, or the screen goes away and, and Grace is like, I hereby announce, or not Grace, the queen announces that Grace can have her ship and her lands back for her lifetime. um, That she's going to be taking troops out of Ireland so that, Irish people can live now mm-hmm. as English subjects, but they're no longer prisoners of war, essentially. Um, and, you know, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's all kind of 
good, but not good, because still Ireland is decimated. Yeah. Anyway, but that's basically it. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> oh, and, and then she releases Tiernan from prison. So the end of the show is that Tiernan and Grace and, Grace and Owen, the little son, yeah, all and family. then all of Clan O'Malley and O'Flaherty, are, they fill the stage. The people who are rest, the rest of right, them. Right, the people that lived. Yeah. Um, you know, they yes, they get together, they love each other, they're going to get married and raise Owen together, and then all of her people are still, you know, there. So actually, the end is really dynamic. You've got the entire stage filled with these voices that are just glorious, singing this song that's, you know, this is the end, but it's the beginning, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's the end of the show. Um,. So this, I told you before, it started as um, a tryout in Chicago. It was mm -hmm. playing at the Cadillac Palace um, from October 3rd, 2006, and it ran through November 26, 2006. Broadway previews began at the Hilton Theater on March 6th, so there were several months there in between. Um, with the opening then being on April 5th, it closed on June 17th of the same year after 85 performances and 32 previews. Frank Galati directed... Um, I can't remember what else he did. Can you think of it off the top of your nope. head? Okay. I have to search. You do that. Frank Galati. I think he's done stuff. Oh, wait. Maybe I can just click this link. Uh, I don't want to because then I'll leave the page and I won't ever find it again. <laughs> um, musical staging by Graciela Danielle. Yeah. But they also, this was fun. I am a big fan of Irish folk dance. Yeah. They had a lot of Irish dance choreography by a woman named Carol Levy Joyce. I guess it could be a man, but I think it's a woman. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so there was a lot of that in the big dance numbers, especially when all of the clans got together. A lot of that Irish dance, and that was really fun to watch. And the um, the music was really fun, too. I just I love that kind of Celtic music. Anyway. Uh, and then there was additional choreograph choreography as well by Mark Dendy. Um, Linda Balgord, as I mentioned before, received the Drama Desk Award nomination for Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical for her performance as Queen Elizabeth I. I wish that I'd written this down, but I think I can remember. Outstanding performance of um, an actress went, a uh, nomination also went to Stephanie J. Block from a Drama Desk Award, and then they had a uh, Drama Desk Award for, I think, costumes. And then they had an Outer Critics Circle, but I can't remember who exactly was that for. Was it the show or was it an actress? Okay. Do you have it? Frank Galati? It, I had spelled it wrong, so <laughs> here we go. Okay. Um... Do, do, do. I'm gonna get a drink. I've been talking a lot. I'm parched. Um, appears <laughs> occasionally as an actor. Has directed Tony Kushner's Homebody Kabul, Kabul, Kabul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At New York Theater Workshop for Broadway, he directed the musical Ragtime. Ragtime. That's what it is. In '98, which like. From what you described, mm -hmm. sounds like it feels a lot like ragtime. A lot of people. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the Pirate Queen, of course, in 2007. Mm -hmm. uh, he directed two productions of The Visit at the Goodman Theater in 2001 and at the Signature in May 2008 with Cheetah Rivera. Okay. Fun. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, there is a studio recording of the original Broadway cast. It was produced by Masterworks Broadway, and it was released on July 3rd, which was uh, just under a month from when they closed. Um, the recording does not include the full score, but okay. a hi it's more a highlights, like okay. a, um, not a concept CD, but like a highlight CD, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because Schoenberg and Bubliel write basically opera musicals. Mm -hmm very much like Miss Saigon and Les Mis, right. most of it is sung. There's very little spoken word. Right. And also kind of like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so 
there's so much to include in a cast recording. So the fact that they had to like really boil it down and really condense it is slightly saddening. Yeah. Um, critical response was mixed. Right. Our good friend Ben Brantley, reviewing in the New York <laughs> Times, uh, wrote that the show compares unfavorably with the composer's Les Mis and that it registers as a relic of a long gone era, but praised the performances of Bloch and Balgord. The Variety reviewer wrote, All plot, no heart. New show is persuasively sung by a valiant cast, yet it never forges an emotional connection with the audience. I will agree with that completely, yeah. having watched it this morning. The performances were so kick butt. Yeah. Stephanie J. Block, um, Hadley Frazier playing Tiernan. Um, oh, shoot, I didn't write his name down. Who's the guy that was in Urinetown? He played Officer Lockstock, and, you ha and he was also in the, the original Sideshow. Oh, shoot. Let I me wanna... go on IBDB. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please okay. do. I left out a lot. I'm sorry, everybody. He, and I thought I'd remember his name. That's why I didn't write it down. Um, th these performances were incredible. And were doing the most with the material that they were given. Yeah. But I think he's also right in saying that it was a long gone era, you know, that kind of musical that was so popular when Les Mis and Miss Saigon came out and Phantom of the Opera, all right. of those kind of epic musicals. Right. Um, it's just the audience wants something different now. So if you're, if you're kind of falling back on what you know, which I think in this case, Schoenberg and Bubliel were doing, it's just not enough. It's not enough for these audiences. Yep. Yeah, I, in saying that, you know, when you said uh, the bygone era thing, mm -hmm. I just thought about Fosse Verdon when um, Michelle as Gwen Verdon said, she was talking about the president at the time and they were in Vietnam War mm. and everything. And she said, um, audiences aren't looking to escape. They're looking for something true. Yeah. And I... I think that like when Ben says, or, was it or the Variety article talks about like not really connecting with the that audience. Variety, That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, like I guess, and it also, I mean, the story of Grace O'Malley has been expounded upon so much that is it really true anymore? I mean, there are bits and pieces there that are historically accurate right. but it has been our the artistic license has been taken to an extreme mm. which usually I don't mind right but I think you're right in that there are certain times when people are like I liked it but I would have really resonated with something that was more contemporary to me so uh let's see Donald O'Flaherty was Marcus Chait who played Dubdara Jeff McCarthy. Jeff McCarthy. I knew it was Jeff, and I was about to say it, but I didn't. Anyway, yes, Jeff, Jeff McCarthy has got one of those voices, too. I just love him. Anyway, all of the... And the guy who played Donald as well, all of these people were just incredible talents. The, the ensemble was on top of it. The dancing was amazing. The singing in a terrible recording of someone sitting in the back of the balcony with a shaky camera. <laughs> the fact that you could still hear the level of talent, that is saying something. Mm -hmm. So I will say that it could have been edited. Yeah. I, think too, I mean, I just mean, that act one description yeah. you gave was like, wow. Well, there's so, I feel like Oh, let me finish this off, and then I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Um, the show received no Tony nominations and faced steadily declining grosses and high weekly running costs. And when the show closed, it was reported by the New York Times that it had lost at least $16 million. So this was a true flop. Yeah. Um, I mean, that 75% of... Yeah. It's, I think it's probably higher now, but... Probably. It's... Um, I think anymore with the Me Too movement and the fact that women are just like, whatever, I'm going to be who I am. And I, I just can't care about this whole man's world thing. I'm going to make it my own. Um, to see a musical like this written by all men about a very strong female character 
it's not that the female character is strong. It's that the female character was written in the way that a strong man thinks the strong female should be. And that, I think, was a detriment. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, that's that kind of story. Like, mm-hmm. her story, I think, is something that audiences would really cling to. But yeah. if it... If it were true. Because, like, even when she first has the baby, she's like, how do I reconcile being a soft mother and being the strong chieftain? And you're like, shut up. (laughs) Women don't think that way. They just do it. They see what needs to be done, and and they they get it it done. They don't talk about it. And that's what makes it the difference between a strong man and a strong woman. You don't hear it from her. Nobody needs to know that she's being a strong woman because right. she's just being a strong woman. Right. That's, right. I think, what was killing me watching it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so... Ugh. So obviously written by a man. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. So th- I think that was frustrating. Yeah. Um, there's a lot... I feel like they felt they needed to have antagonists all interspersed around her like nobody was on her side and she had to fight for everything but I don't think that needed to be the case I think in fact if the father once the mother died raised Grace to be this particular woman that it would have been even stronger Mm -hmm. especially than when he dies that could have been the emotional connection that we were missing as an audience that instead of him being like no you're supposed to be a woman and soft and frilly and wear dresses how dare you be on this ship Oh, all right. You can be on this ship. Oh, I see that you just killed that man for me. Thank you very much for saving my life. I guess you can be the sea captain. Instead of that, it could have been like, you don't need any of these men telling you what to do or telling you these silly superstitions. You could have just empowered her. You can be whatever you want to be. So get to the top of that mainstay and cut down that that sail or we're all going to die. Yeah. That would have been amazing. Yeah. The fact that I feel like women, to be a strong woman, you have to prove yourself at all. Mm -hmm. That has become so con. uh, I mean, you contrived. You do, yes. Still, but again, not not so blatantly. Yeah, we just do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was that was frustrating, but because you see the relationship between she and Tiernan. Tiernan accepts her for who she is right. and doesn't mention it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be mentioned. Right. He loves her. Right. He's going to teach her how to sword fight. That's fun because he likes to do it. So she gets to do it with him. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Donald, who's this archetype of a terrible husband and it horrible human like being. When you were talking about that piece, it sounded like, um, the Tom Hardy book that was turned into a movie mm-hmm. with, um, shoot, I bought it. <laughs> Dang it. What's the name of this movie? With who in it? Tom what Hardy. What is her name? No, she, so Thomas Hardy wrote it. Not, oh. not oh, the okay. actor, like the actual <laughs> yeah. author. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on like everybody's <laughs> name right now. We're the queen of that tonight. So We're the bad. pirate queens of that. So bad. <laughs> Here we go. But anyway, all that to say that you could have taken away so much of that extraneous crap and really distilled Far from the, the madding crowd. Oh yeah. Okay. So she I mean it's it's similar I mean it's similar in some ways mm-hmm. where you have um, this woman, she's an orphan, mm-hmm. and then she inherits a farm from her late uncle as she's his only heir. Okay. And so she, um, she goes to, you're going to get in stuff. Um, but, but when, so she ends up, like, she feels like she doesn't need a husband for the longest time, and then she meets this. But the whole time, there's this man who's in love with her and just, like, mm-hmm. supports her. Yeah. That's all he ever does <laughs> is just be there, all like, right, supporting her yeah. and helping her. Oh. And, um... All right. Bonnie? There. And and then she gets falls in with this scoundrel who just, like, 
sucks at farming. He's he he's a mess. Actually, it was Tom Sturridge in the movie okay. who's on Broadway yeah. right now. I mean, he just sucks at everything. He just like is garbage at life. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a dramatic way he finally is out of the picture. But um, <laughs> yeah, I. I I thought of, I thought about Far From the Madding Crowd as yeah. you talked about that relationship. Well, and that I mean, in this she didn't get to choose. That was the, really the only choice that right. she didn't have yeah. any say in. Mm-hmm. But even in that, she still was able to assert herself. There's this whole I mean, there's this whole scene before they get married. He's in the tavern. And all of the men are being like, oh, she's going to rule the roost. She wears the pants in this family, mm-hmm. huh? And he's like, no, she won't. Shut up. I'm going to rule the roost. I'm going to beat her into submission. And then and then he's like, but, uh, you know, a bull will always be a bull. Or so. Oh, no, it's, it's called, the song is called Boys Will Be Boys. Okay, that's the kind of song oh, it is. No. But then you have the entire it's, female ensemble coming that? in. Yes. Then you have the entire female mm-hmm. ensemble coming in to join and being like, oh, you can still be with us and, and then be with her. And you're just like, this is terrible. It was like a lovely ladies, but not honest. And it just, and then he keeps on like doing the whole like gyration. Yeah, yeah. Like hip gyration movements. And it was just like, just stop. And I wanted to like fast forward, but I didn't want to miss anything important. And I did not miss anything important because it was <laughs> gross. It was just, it was just gross. Yeah. You know, and that was 2006. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I'm just so tired of it. Can we just <laughs> write real people? Yeah. It'd be nice. Because be even nice. in a historical fiction, they were all still real people. Right. They were all still just like us. They just spoke differently and wore different clothes. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And then with this slate of shows that have opened where it's just like, I mean, they're, are they all closed? No, one's still open. Okay. But there was a lot of talk with this season and this slate of shows that were basically, you know, exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I know. And then the one that's still open that I won't name that's like (laughs) also, you know, was written by... All men. Wait, mouth it to me. What? I can't understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm all. Sorry. It's okay. Every. But that's also. I mean. A lot of girlfriends I have that saw. It's slightly more forgivable because it was a movie based in the 80s. Well, but they, but, they restructured oh, the. Oh, yeah. so it's modern now. Mo- quote, unquote. Mo- right. I mean, I. I have a lot of uh, female friends who went to see it. I don't even have any interest in seeing it. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to see it either. But they were like, they were not happy with the book. I believe it. Which one a Tony? I know. (laughs) Uh, Anywho. So I think that just means we need more female writers on Broadway. Let's get at it, ladies. Well, that's with the gatekeepers. Yeah. Right. That's because That's there's tons of women writing. Yes, you're right. It's just so let's like get with it. Creative heads. Yeah. You godlike producers. <laughs> I just quoted Quote, it. Unquoted. Yeah. That was meant to be sarcastic. <laughs> if you didn't read it already from my voice. <laughs> Thankfully, there seemed to be a decent slate of um, female producers coming yeah, up. That's true. Honestly, l- looking at them. There's still like a teeny tiny few that are of color. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the amount is so small, it's like negligible. But I honestly, though, I think that would be the case anyway, only because demographically speaking, Mm -hmm. everything happens in waves. Right, right. So So it's it's like women, mm -hmm. like women at all. Yeah. (laughs) And then hopefully, I'm surprised that it wasn't black men first. I mean, then that right. to a certain extent yeah, that yeah. has been. So it's first, you know, it's white men first, and then yeah. black men, and then women, and then everybody else of color. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is really unfortunate, and yeah. I'm laughing because it's so sad. It's really pathetic. But at the same time, and honestly, it's still not even that many black men. Like, no, it's, that's very true. I, I think, I think the numbers are actually less than women. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I haven't done any research. Yeah. 
it's all sad because we just don't have enough voices telling enough different stories. Women. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like if women and people of color mm-hmm. don't get these jobs, if yeah. they're not the ones in charge, like you don't get to see. Yeah. Because like we talked one about white man might don't give have a leg it. up for one person of color right but if we get multiple people of color they'll give a leg up to everybody else yeah. they're more open to working with everybody right and being much more inclusive right oh yeah imagination guys we're supposed to be in the business right? of imagination please just like have we're some. telling stories yeah. but we got to tell them all yeah we can't whitewash the stories. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. I don't or, think people are going to put up with that. Or man wash or whatever. <laughs> you know, like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I meant whitewash exclusively. <laughs> or inclusively, I should right, say. Right, right, right. Um, of all of the washing that's going right. on. Anyway. It's, ugh. It's, yeah. yes. But to uh, end on a good note. Yeah, tell me. Watch the show. Yeah, on YouTube. It's worth watching. You skip over that whole tavern scene. It's dumb. It sounds terrible. But everything, I mean, just for the performances alone. And I was trying to find the Pirate Queen. And some songs are available on Spotify. But it's because it's just a highlight CD. You, oh. can't, you can't get all of this music. But the music is so beautiful to listen to. And Stephanie J. Block, I mean. Yeah. Everyone I cannot knows say enough good things about her. She's great. just amazing. I'm like, I'm looking forward to the next thing she does. Me I too. Did not see the Cher show. You know, I'm sorry. I just don't like the sound of Cher's voice. I, I think she's an incredible talent. I just don't want to listen to her. So I, I don't want to listen to Stephanie J. Block pretending to be Cher. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is like, I love Stephanie J. Block, yeah. but I wasn't going to be able to hear her yeah. sing like her. Right. She was singing like someone else. And I heard enough on the Tony Awards to know. I'm just like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can I also be a little honest? Tell me. Because I've been listening to a lot of musical theater lately. Yes. I'm not a fan of Hamilton. I'm, there we're going to have some. I know. No, no more talking. No. <laughs> nope. No more talking. What I will say... <laughs> What I will say is that I enjoyed In the Heights better, and maybe that's what the position I'm coming from is, that so much of Hamilton sounds like In the Heights. That then when I hear it again, and also, I mean, look, there are several songs that I love. Yeah. Just not all of them. So there will be, if I bought the album, I would be doing a lot of skipping forward. And I'm sorry. And I also haven't seen it. Maybe that makes a difference. And I'm sorry. Should we just cut this whole part out Zish. of this? <laughs> I still love you. We can have differing opinions and still be friends. We can. Let's just never talk about it again. But I also <laughs> mad respect, though, Lin-Manuel. Yeah. Still. It, yeah. Okay. I just. Don't bear talking. All right. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. yeah. But I had to be honest with you. It was killing me. No. (laughs) But it was just because I've been listening to it so frequently now. Yeah. But I'm just like. I don't understand. I don't either. Is it just because you don't like hip hop? Maybe. Okay. I think that maybe may play a lot of it. I mean, David does some really cool stuff in there. I mean, like the the fast rapping is awesome. And I, and I, I know the talent is there. You know what? Maybe it's because I can't sing along with it. (laughs) <laughs> that might actually be more of it than me not liking it. Yeah. Because my musical theater experience up to this point has been, I'm going to sing along with all of the characters. Yeah. And so when I can't do that, yeah, yeah okay, it's good, but I don't want to listen to it. Click. You, <laughs> you can't know what I mean? Sing. So do you, do you just sing to the Skylar sister stuff? I don't even like that stuff. Uh, so the Skylar it's sister boring. stuff is my least favorite. <laughs> but I, uh, to be honest, yeah. like to be brutally honest with you and like, most shows I always don't like Do you know the, my favorite I don't song? like I don't like the women singing in yeah. most shows that I find I, f- I usually find love songs boring mm-hmm. I'm I always like the boy songs better yeah always me too me too um Jonathan Groff's song <laughs> the the one mm-hmm. white da thing. da 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 <laughs> Oh, the face you're giving me right now. But I, that's the only one I can really sing along with. <laughs> and it's funny. It is funny. <laughs> but 
I do like listening to all the David stuff. Oh my God, he's so good. He is good. And that him. is really fun to, to listen to. That is really fun. I'm sorry. I've disappointed <laughs> you. So upset. <laughs> but I understand the not being... I mean, I... I rap along to it. Like, okay. I've listened to it so many times, I memorize the words. Sure. So I just rap along to yeah. it. Yeah. But also, I like hip-hop. Yeah. And I, I do like certain kinds of hip-hop. Yeah. But maybe that's just the kind that I don't like. Because there's a lot of stuff in In the Heights that I, I, I rap along with that opening sequence all the time. Right. But In the Heights is, like, really different. Because yes. it's not as condensed and it's not as packed yes. as Hamilton is. So, like, yes. Hamilton is... He, he, he wrote it because... He, the way he wrote it is the way that he wrote it the way that Hamilton wrote, right? Mm -hmm. So he wrote so much. Oh, yes. And he was just like so... Spewing forth right. every stream of like, consciousness. Right. Yes. No, so I it's agree like with you there. So dense. Yes. Um, it's like a chess game. Yeah. And so like it can be very... like. Of course, it's like it can be very difficult to sing along to. But like <laughs> if you've inhaled it as much as I have mm -hmm. or like a lot of the country, then you begin to sort of like, you know, you are, ab are able to do it. I get it. Yeah. But I can okay. appreciate it for what it is. <laughs> OK. And I give respect. It's just not my favorite to listen to. OK. It's not going to be my go to. Okay. Well, OK. I'm sorry. Because, <laughs> like, In the Heights was my go-to for a long time. Yeah. When it first came out, it was in my car stereo. <laughs> That's when we still had car CD players. <laughs> now it's all streaming. But it, it was in the CD player. Yeah. I remember when I first got it, I think we were in L.A., which would have been February of 2009. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense time-wise? Uh, well, yeah, because he won the Tony in June 2008. Okay. Yeah. My father so, it's a weird but the, story like, so now. I guess I had it before then, but like yeah. I remember though driving through the streets of LA with my friend Tana, who married a Puerto Rican man, <laughs> like singing along with In the Heights, yeah. and I I loved it. But there's also a lot of lyrical stuff that I can right. sing it's, along it's, to. It's really different. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, I feel like Hamilton is honestly a step up in terms of the fact that like it was so much harder to write. Oh, I no it took doubt. Them, yeah, it took no them a doubt. year to write one song because it's so dense and intense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Don't be disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite thing, I so know, it's disappointing. Sorry. <laughs> Should I not have mentioned it? <laughs> we'll be okay as long as we don't talk about it too much. I just didn't want to be like every time you mention Hamilton, be like, "Yeah, I love that show." Do you know what I mean? I just didn't want to. I didn't want to read false. <laughs> didn't want to read false. I'm proud of you for listening to more musical theater, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been yeah. living it lately. Because normally I just listen to, like, alternative in the background when yeah. I'm, like, grooming dogs or when I'm with the babies. <laughs> but, like, I have actively been putting it on my Broadway stations lately and it's singing along. And it's, like, the best. It's giving me so much more creative, yeah. like, everything. My juices are running. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you for that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm becoming a Broadway baby again. <laughs> Sometimes it is that, like, it, it's, you know, I was telling you the last time, like, the show, uh, Women's Cycle, took a lot out of me. Mm. But then when I thought about us researching for <sighs> this, I was like, oh, I'm so excited about what that. What Ebony means by this is a one-woman show that I may be performing. No, no, no. Oh, never mind. No, no. This, Forget it. Still excited. I meant the, oh, the, the podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. So the woman cycle took a lot out of me, but yeah. like researching just yeah. for the podcast, I still got excited about yeah. being like, oh, I can like be on YouTube watching yes. a bunch of stuff. And like, well, and now that we're doing more contemporary stuff, yeah. because your next episode is also going to be from the 2000s, yeah. which is kind of fun. Same season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think because and everything is much more accessible yeah. digitally. So we are going to be able like I put on the music, you know, pirate. Well, it's on Pandora. So Pirate Queen Pandora. So it's all of the music that sounds like Pirate Queen, <laughs> where it's, you know, just playing in the background on yeah. my on my Amazon device. I can't say the word, otherwise it will turn on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and that yeah. is fun because that's not always true. You can't always find a cast recording or any right. kind of music that goes along with the show. That's true. Yeah. 
All right, so get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> I mean, leave at your leisure. <laughs> and and please write us on the socials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we like. We want to hear from you. Give us some ideas from shows if you've seen them and knew that it wasn't going to last or what was whatever, or if there was a scandal the night that you went. Yeah. Ugh, we want to hear that. I stuff. I love that stuff. And yeah, if you have suggestions of a show that you would like us to, yes, we've had some from friends that eventually we'll get to yes uh, but so it's tgabway at gmail.com mm -hmm. twitter is at tgabway it's been a while it has dusting off the old vocal chops instagram is the same tga <laughs> and those are the, and facebook and facebook theater I, geeks anonymous yeah, theater geeks anonymous yeah can't really sing that <laughs> i mean i could anyway okay i have to go to the bathroom so Me too. bye bye <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.